Hey everybody, you are back listening to another episode of Is It That Deep Though? This is episode three of 2023, so we're doing good. (laughs) Hey, there we go. We might as well change our cadence to maybe just once a month. Because I (laughs) I think twice a month now is like too... Much commitment. Much <laughs> <laughs> commitment. Oh, my life, life sometimes. But the consistency, it's like, what, more than almost a year? Yeah, this is year two. Yeah, year two. So we're going good. Yeah, it'll be two years in August, I think. Yeah, yeah, because that's when we started. That's when I moved. Yeah, it's really a commitment. Like, whenever I have friends and they find out I have a podcast, I never give them the link. But yeah, <laughs> I'm no, always like, yeah, it's work. It's <laughs> I have a podcast. That's not cool to say anymore. And, like, it <laughs> works sometimes. Like, when I have to, like, sit and, and actually edit for three hours mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. Sunday or on a Saturday or whatever day I have free, it's not fun. <laughs> it can be fun. Like if we have an episode that makes me crack up, then it it's worth yeah. re-listening to everything and sitting and doing the edits or whatever. Uh, I think that's why I'm pickier with our episodes this time around. Oh, because you've like listened to so many or it's just like I have to listen to them every time. Yeah. So to me, it's like if I know that we were bullshitting or that we were talking about something like we talk about relationships, marriage a lot. I don't Mm -hmm. care about that as much as we talk about it. You wouldn't know because we talk about it so much. I know. It's like (laughs) self-drag. But yeah. So if I'm sitting, I'm like, do I really want to dedicate four hours to recycled viewpoints that we've talked about already? Mm-hmm. Or us just talking about things where I'm like, we kind of already talked before the show and it was way more fun. And mm-hmm. this is not fun for me to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. And I think that sheds light on probably how a lot of other like shows run where like we only see the like the final finished product, what they mm-hmm. want to put out, but not what's been like left out on the cutting floor and what they scrapped and things like that. So... Yeah, and shows that, I mean, I would be more curious to talk to people who also edit their own shows. The podcasts I listen to, they definitely have a production team. Or yeah. at the very least, they pay someone else to edit their thing. And I just wouldn't even want to, even if we had the funds, the budget, I would be like, I don't want to send this to someone and be like, make sure you get this out and this out and this out. And then still have to listen to it to be like yeah. final notes or whatever, I'm assuming. Anyways, how's your how's your week been? Anything fun? Anything Ooh. positive? Yeah. Anything positive. Absolutely. Yeah. Taking things in stride. So one thing that was really fun this last weekend. So I was a judge at a pageant. So my friend. Oh, really? Was a, yeah. Yeah. My friend was in a pageant when she was in high school and now she's still like a part of the program and like does a lot of organizi- organizing for it. And she was like, do you want to be a judge on this pa- in this pageant for high school girls? Um, they get this like really nice scholarship if they win. And I was like, sure. So it was like an all day thing. And I was a judge with like four other judges and like 11 girls came in. Impressive girls, girls who had like damn near 5.0 GPAs. Like one started at like a whole online Chloe Ting like workout thing during COVID when she was a sophomore that had like people participating in her program, dancers, singers, like really smart, just accomplished girls, diverse, like of all ethnicities. Um, and they all participated in this pageant. They came from all over the state. And one girl won, I think she was from Fort Bend County. And she was really impressive. And it was just cool to kind of like, and we interviewed each girl. We asked them questions and you could tell the ones that were really nervous and the ones who were also like in like debate and speech and debate and stuff and used to talking or theater, but it was really good. And I I thought it was fun. It was a cool experience. So what kind of pageant was this? Is it a beauty pageant? Like, what are you judging them on? Yeah, it was called Distinguished Young Women. And it's used to be called... Um, America's Junior Miss. So it was like Miss America, Miss USA, and America Junior, America's Junior Miss. And then they changed their name to Distinguished Young Women. And there is a scholastic portion. There's an interview portion, a self-expression where they're asked a question and have to answer it, a fitness portion, and then a talent portion where they do a talent of their choosing. And each thing is about like mm-hmm. 10 minutes, maybe three to 10 minutes. Yeah. And then they perform it. Man, God bless them. Oh my that gosh. like a lot of work. <laughs> 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 it was like jumping through a bunch of hoops <laughs> in like four different ways. Why don't men have pageants like this, man? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think one thing that I did like about this that I was concerned, I was like, okay, maybe we're going to see girls who had done like the like Honey Boo Boo Child, whatever that girl's name, those type of pageants as a child and they're going to come all mm. like prim and all that type of stuff. But they were very genuine. Like you could tell these were just like high school girls who were like very like, they, they seemed like kids and they were very innocent when some, with their responses and like they were very talented and impressive, but it was like one girl said that <laughs> 
on her historical personalities that she liked in her resume, she said she liked Neil Armstrong. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. Why do you like Neil Armstrong? Do you want to be an astronaut? Like, why are you interested in him? And she was like, well, Neil Armstrong went to Purdue and I want to go to Purdue. So that's why I put Neil Armstrong. Oh my god! I was like, "Oh, this is this is a little kid, children, (laughs) the child." She's like sixteen years old or seventeen. I was like, "That's such a child answer." So that's cute, though, to have the confidence to. I could never, ever even stand center stage with a light on me, let alone have to perform a talent or a fit. I'm guessing fitness was like physique. Like, what does your body look like? No, they just did a little exercise, like a choreographed dance, where they did like. Um, yoga poses and like push-ups and stuff like that. And it was choreographed to a song and they all did it in a group. And then they came up one by one to do it. So it was dancing. Yeah, it was like dancing, but it was like all just like calisthenics to like a choreographed calisthenics like exercise. That's intriguing because why is fitness important? Like, I feel like everything that you're naming, like the talent interview questions, like how well-spoken are you? What was the first thing you said? Uh, there was also self-expression and scholastic, like your GPA and your GPA. Taking, like yeah. these are hallmarks of basically being like, who's the best person here? <laughs> like who's like a well-rounded, successful individual <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and then fitness is like an unfair, like, oh, okay. Like, so if I'm out of breath <laughs> or like if, I, <laughs> if I'm not like super coordinated or can't hold a yoga pose, like that's going to count against me. <laughs> I will say though, the girl who won the highest fitness was like a basketball player. So obviously like that was like one of her strengths, but she also was lower in another area. So it's like, I don't think anybody was like a 10 across the board and they're all weighed differently. I think fitness is, was weighted the le- the least of them all. Yeah. Interview yeah obviously again, it's like well-rounded, like not everybody's going to there's different categories for you to excel at and possibly not be good at. But just the fact that that's a category is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. And like, and fitness. Let's see who's like fucking fit. You <laughs> can do this without breaking a sweat. Oh, <laughs> uh, my week has been good. I think I've honestly, I'm planning a trip to Europe and everything I do now, all my thoughts are about that. I don't care about anything else right now. <laughs> and, uh, and it's honestly very, it's, I'm at the the tipping point of about to be stressed out about it because Mm -hmm. you think that getting from Austin to Croatia is pretty simple, but it's actually very expensive one way. So now I'm trying to literally be like, like city hopping. Like if I go from Austin to New York, and then if I go from New York, New York to Dublin, it's supposed to be a five hour flight. But apparently a lot of these, I'm trying to skip around because I'm just trying to have like three nonstop flights that could get me to to Croatia for less yeah. than a thousand dollars total. But like the flights that are the good prices are like, and then a 24 hour stop in Dusseldorf <laughs> or like that a, a 13 hour layover in, in uh, United Emirates. <laughs> in Dubai or like whatever like the 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 layover time is ridiculous and so I feel like I'm having to tack on an additional week just to get there oh for less money yeah and at first I was up to the challenge because I was like oh cool I can go to New York I have friend I have a friend in New York Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a friend in New York and then oh Dublin I work with people who are in Dublin why don't I spend a couple days there but again like the the layover time is just not clicking and I'm making the trip more expensive than it should be so I I have to go back to the drawing board and see what makes sense for this trip and then I'm trying to get my my body together because that's a real um, thing yeah I refuse to be in Europe and not be the baddest bitch that I can be. <laughs> and I know people might have feelings about weight like the whole oh you know who you are now is beautiful and it's like we live in the real world <laughs> that can be true if you think you're the like it's all what you think like if you think this is the best you can do and you look great how you are and this is what you can like emotionally handle to keep up with Mm-hmm. Do you, boo? Like, yes. Don't let anybody make you feel bad. But if you know, like, I know that I can do better than this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the type of bitch, like, I've been eating nachos and tacos and pizza, whatever my mind even had the, the thought of it. <laughs> so now I'm, like, trying to work backwards from the months of eating whatever I damn well pleased. Mm-hmm. And I'm up to the challenge. So Yeah. <laughs> and it can be fun, too, just to be like, okay, yeah, I'm taking this journey to, like, 
work on myself. Cause it's like, okay, I know I have the capacity to do it. It's not like I'm doing some like gargantuan thing. I've never, you know, that's out of my, I don't know, capabilities. And even then I feel like most people are pretty ambitious. So I think that's something that you can do and it can be fun. I can do it. I've done it before. I've done it multiple times. And I think the trick for me is the delusion of feeling like I'm already there. Like, yeah. I look in the mirror and I'm Thanks. like, I already see changes. It's right. been two days. And I, I know. Change. <laughs> and, <laughs> I see this flat, this black plot. Yeah. Exactly. And I picture <laughs> what I'm going to look like. And I'm like, chef's kiss. We, it's already in the bag. It's already signed, there. sealed, delivered or whatever. Because I just have this idea that like, I'm going to go overseas and my life will be changed. It'll be changed regardless. But I just have to be physically prepared for that. Mm. And so I'm actually psyched. <laughs> That's awesome. One thing I was thinking about with the flights, have you ever skipped lag? I don't know. This is an off the record. Is that, a, is that a website? Yeah, it's a website. I think they help with like connecting flights. Like making, finding connecting flex a lot easier or something like that. I remember using it in grad school. I guess I should write that down. I hope they weren't uh, like shut down by the government, but (laughs) it's good to lag. I'll look it up and hopefully it doesn't give me porn viruses or anything. Oh my gosh, I hope not. Because I remember once I went to it and I was like in class and then it was saying like block, like Loyola had blocked it. And I was like, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into our topic. Okay. I feel good about just getting into our topic because I feel like I have a lot of thoughts about it. So yes. if you joined us last week, we were kind of talking about you people for just a bit because Cynthia had seen like 50% of the movie just about. And stayed there. I ain't seen it since. And I'd seen maybe 10% of the movie and I was disgusted. And like I said, the main points were just that the characters were not believable. The acting wasn't good. It wasn't funny. The script wasn't well written. It was wordy. The jokes took way too long. Like they went way past their expiration date on the jokes. Um, And there was absolutely no chemistry between Jonah Hill and um, Lauren London. And I don't, in my opinion, I didn't really see too much comedic chemistry amongst the cast. (laughs) Um, and so I started thinking about like, what makes a good rom-com? Like, what are some good rom-coms that I've seen? Cause I was already comparing like, oh, well, guess who did this way fucking better? Mm -hmm. Why did guess who do it better? So I want to start this section off with, so what does it take to make a good rom-com? One, comedy. The comedy has to be present. It's not a romantic comedy. If there's not a single laugh within the whole movie, there's got to be something quirky about it. Two, chemistry this is to me inarguably the 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 most important thing if i don't believe in the chemistry between the two leads if i'm not rooting for them to be together if i'm not following their love story then the movie is pointless the two leads have to have chemistry they need to have chemistry with each other with their friends with their family if there's an antagonist there needs to be comedic chemistry between the antagonist and the protagonist i will stand behind that three believability no matter what the context or plot or background of the movie i need to be able to believe in what i'm seeing i need to be able to believe that these people are actually attracted to each other and i need to believe that whatever the issue is that's keeping them from being together is something that would actually keep them from being together no made-up baloney just pure human connection and you know that just goes back to chemistry four The actors need to be able to relate to the characters they're playing. I don't think that rom-coms are a movie where it can be like super fantastical and the character traits are out of this world and, oh, I'm an alien or I'm a member of the Nation of Islam or whatever. It's, It's really hard when you take people out of normal circumstances and just kind of exacerbate the situation. I think if they're being pumped full of artificial traits and quirks, the actors might have difficulty making this look real on screen. The actors in the movies that I'm going to list that are my favorites didn't have to reach to be able to portray that character and therefore it could actually just focus on the actual humor within the story. Each of us saying our top three or four and if you have five, maybe you could say five. I don't know if you got that many. Oh, it's okay. No, I got three. <laughs> Rom-coms and a brief explanation of why. Um, Do you want to go first? Ooh, you can go first. I'll go first. Yeah. This is really hard because this this list fluctuated. Mm. Oh, okay. I will say in the top three, no particular order. And this is not a well-rounded list. This is just what I've watched the most in my time. I I don't have When Harry Met Sally on this list. I don't have Must Love Dogs. Like, I don't, I wasn't watching white people in the 90s. 
So sorry. Yeah. yeah. But in no particular order, just right by ah. with Queen Latifah. Just okay. right. I've seen this movie like at least a dozen times. It's the story of a woman who's basically always relegated to being the home girl, doesn't get any shine from men until she finally falls in love with this basketball player played by Common. And the whole point of the script is just, you know, what is it like to be the person who doesn't really get chosen? Like letting that person be the main character and then seeing her journey to getting to know him, him getting to know her, and they fall in love. I think it's extremely relatable and it's not a story that I've seen any other rom-com do, Mm -hmm. where it's literally like a normal woman who doesn't hate herself, but she's just like (laughs) more normal and falls in love with the leading actor. Number two, no particular order, but (laughs) the second one I'm going to name is... Guess who? This is the one that I compare to you people the most Mm. because it's literally the same exact concept, except it's Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac, and they play off of each other so well. And I think the reason this movie works, same as Just Right, is they're just playing themselves. Bernie Mac is Bernie Mac no matter where you put him. Right, right. The comedy comes from him being Bernie Mac. Every character he takes, it's like they wrote the part for him. Mm -hmm. Ashton Kutcher, his role is literally just being a regular white dude who's with a Black woman, and the Black dad does not see it for him and he's mm-hmm. he's sticking it out i think it's so cute i think uh zoe zoe saldana and ashton kutcher have a lot of chemistry oh, and they're yeah. so adorable the way they like play with each other and kiss throughout the movie there's a part of the movie when ashton kutcher says to zoe saldana give me a daughter that looks just like you and my heart Aww. melted because i was like the re- like the the heaviness of that is that yeah. he's a white man who's like if we have a daughter who has not dark, but if she has brown skin, right, like her mom like has black features like her mom, that would be perfect for me. Like he's not hoping that his genes take over. He's like, I'm I'm with a black woman. I hope our kids are black. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super amazing. And I got super emotionally involved and I cried at the end of it because I rewatched it this weekend and I cried <laughs> because it's it's so cute. And number one, which maybe this is number one actually, because I've watched this movie five times this weekend. (laughs) I didn't realize how much I loved it until I watched it again. It's Something New, Mm. starring Sanaa Lathan and Simon Baker. Also has supporting cast members of like Blair Underwood, Donald Faison, Alfre Woodard, Wendy Raquel Robinson, Taraji P. Henson, <laughs> like all of these people, Mike Epps that we would see circulate throughout the rom-coms of like the mid-2000s, the Black rom-coms. It's the story of this woman, this Black professional woman who's very straight-laced and kind of uptight and how she falls in love with this white man who's more free-spirited. And he's like a landscaping architect and how she tried really hard not to fall for him because, you know, black love. I want to be with a black man. I do not date white men. Mm -hmm. But as she got to know him, she fell in love with him. It has the hottest chemistry of any two leads I've ever seen in any movie, especially a rom-com. Rom-coms back then, I don't know if rom-coms now have a lot of sex scenes. I feel like the the sex scenes we see in movies don't belong in like rom-coms. Like we don't typically see the main characters. Right. Getting it in, you know. <laughs> but in this movie, when I tell you, because of the buildup, the buildup between the two main characters, because she was fighting it for so long, when they finally get to knocking boots, it is like, whoo! <laughs> like you just, you literally have to fan yourself. Like I was drinking some wine and I was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's hot (laughs) and they have two scenes like that two they graciously give us two and i also want to point out that i just read today that it was the first studio film that was directed by a black woman produced by a black woman starring a black woman also written by a black woman and it came out in 2006 i literally just bought it on amazon and i that's my new uh religion i'm an evangelist for the movie i think every black woman should watch it especially black women who feel like they have tight lists of the men that they're looking for and he has to be all these things the movie is about throwing that list away and being like let it find you and like adapt to it Hmm. and yes those are my top three i think honorable mention to last holiday and two can play that game i just Hmm. haven't seen those in a while but they're they're cherished in my heart so what about you Ooh, I just have a quick question. Was there any like metric or anything you used to kind of like pick these different 
My like movies. Okay, cool, cool. Because I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. I didn't even have to research. I already knew like, okay, just right. Because I've seen that a dozen times. Something new has been in, like, I never forgot about it fully. And that's why I, I rented it to watch it to remind myself, like, does this stand up? Like, do I still like this? I fucking do. I, I love mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it made me feel things I'd never felt before or that I hadn't felt in a long time. And guess who I watched to compare it to you people. And it's really funny. So. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good to know. Okay. These are all movies. So I, for me, I think, so I don't watch as many movies as I wish I could have or would have. I think a lot of the times when I watch, like the movies that I have watched, I watched when I was younger and I just rewatch the same movies that I watched when I was younger. So when I think of like rom-coms, I was just, I picked rom-coms. I remember just like sitting with me for a long time and having effect on me when I was much younger and not recent. Mm. So that's kind of been, that was my marker in selecting the rom-coms that mm-hmm. I selected. So I'm going to, the first one I'm going to share is the one that when I think of rom-com, this is the first rom-com I ever watched. And it was 17 again with Tien Maramari. <laughs> I would actually classify that as a rom-com. <laughs> Because (laughs) I remember watching it as a child and just being like, their love is just so pure. The grandparents, I don't know why that was so touching for me, but if y'all haven't seen the movie, it's Tia and Tamara, but Tia is a teenager who recently moved to Connecticut or something with her little brother who's like a little genius, a scientist, almost blows their house up or something. And then he creates this like soap that her grandparents use and they're divorced and they turn 17. And then when she, when the grandma becomes 17, it's Tamara. And they like, oh, they don't swap places, but like they go to school or something. And then when the teenagers, grandma and grandpa, like meet up, they like remember their love and everything like that. And they fall in love again. I watched it during the pandemic for the first time in forever. I started crying when they like went into the pool and she like passed out right before. And then I watched it maybe like maybe a couple months ago. And still, I don't know what it is about that movie. I don't know if it's because I was young, but I just felt like it was such a beautiful story of like miscommunication, grave miscommunication. Like the grandma didn't communicate with the grandpa about her, what her needs and wants. And the grandpa was always like, full speed ahead with what he wanted, didn't really confer to his wife and just kind of assume that the things that he wanted were things that she would want. And even though she didn't want them, she went along with it until it got to the point where she couldn't go along with it anymore. And it just built this resentment. They got divorced and they were in contempt for years until they were almost in their like childlike innocence in a sense when they were 17 to actually like reconnect and like fall in love again and get married. Number two This movie also was pretty formative when I was younger. Please don't shoot me. But I would say 500 Days of Summer. I think that movie is cringy as it is kind of now if you're watching it as an adult. Back then when I watched it, I just felt like it was a movie that it made me think in ways that I hadn't thought before. Again, I'm no film critic. And I was like probably like 16 when I watched it. But I think that was the first time I watched a movie and being like, oh, I'm thinking about like these characters in different ways. And I think we recently talked about 500 Days of Summer and how it's like problematic and it has like these depictions of like the manic pixie dream girl and things like that, that are problematic. But I think it actually depicts a realistic aspect of relationships that, and you don't really realize until you're older is a part of it where you may like feel like you're in love with someone. I can't remember that word that you described that's from TikTok that describes what Tom experienced. Falling in love with somebody's essence or something as opposed to them as a person and thinking that you guys have something that's a lot more than what it is. And you're just missing them telling you that essentially they don't want the same thing you want, but because you want them so badly, you over, you overlook it. Those are things that I've experienced. I'm sure like millions of people across the planet have experienced this as well. Um, and I think that was the first time that movie really explicitly depicted that for me. And I did not realize until I was older. My last one, I'm debating on even even saying this is like a rom-com. Um, and I'm just going to, I know I'm going to say it because I like it. It would be Scott Pilgrim. Would you call that as a rom-com? It, I, if you could defend it, do it. Yeah, okay. I think I was speaking a little more spicier takes because we had to like defend it. But I would say Scott Pilgrim is a rom-com. I remember watching that film when, again when I was like in high school. Really, really liked it. And I would just, I would say that it is a rom-com um, just because of like the whole arc where Scott Pilgrim, 22-year-old who was dating a high schooler, falls in love with this girl who's like another manic pixie dream girl archetype which is also incredibly problematic and has to essentially like fight her was it seven evil exes or whatever for her love or something like that and in the whole process he finds out about himself and things like that i don't know i just really liked the movie i thought it was really touching for me i really like the characters and i feel like the movie for me personally despite all the problematicness and everything else around it still holds up and if it was on right now i would sit down and watch it so i don't think it's problematic you don't but think that's so? me not thinking that 
I mean, it is, but like, he's supposed to be an asshole. Like he's not somebody we're supposed to root for. I don't remember if he for sure ends up with Ramona at the end, but it's funny that you brought that up because I did just rewatch the table read they did for it. Oh, They redid the table read for it in like 2020. Mm. Yeah, I believe it was 2019 or 2020. They redid, they they had the original cast come back and they read through the script. <laughs> and it was amazing. It's still on YouTube. Out. I okay, haven't favored it. It's out. so funny. And yeah, he was dating a 17-year-old when he was 22. That was not good. Gross. But everybody throughout the whole movie is like, yeah, aren't you dating a high schooler? Like, like nobody approves of it. They're like, right. oh, you're okay. That's not cool, but okay. And yeah, there's a meet cute yeah it's funny they get romantical <laughs> and then by the end of it it's like they do the standard we're done here and then no we're not we're back right I'm, right i don't i think they end up together by the end i'm not positive i feel like they do but yeah i feel like you can defend that as a rom-com 17 cool. again interesting choice because all <laughs> disney movies to me are family-friendly movies they're just family and children like isn't that the category but why not why can't why teenagers not? have rom-coms yeah, there's a, I mean, it's a comedy and it's about romance because like you said, the teenager grandparents get back together. I almost thought you were going to say at one point something like an extremely goofy movie. It's Yo, like, that's, that should be, a, that's a rom-com too. It is. It's kind of a rom-com, except the rom, it's not about the rom though. It's right. about a father-son relationship still. Right. And right. then the second storyline is that he is falling in love with the librarian. But yeah, I mean, I hey, if that was on my list, I would defend it that it's yeah, a rom-com yeah. if I say it is. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I want to ask you, like, do you see any recurring themes in the movies that you picked? Because for me, I definitely see that in the ones I picked, it's about the fact that the jokes are there, whether yeah. they're fully strong. And it's like a like, I think guess who is more of an in your face, laugh out loud joke. Just mm-hmm. right. Queen Latifah is really good at comedy. I would say something new, not so funny, but it's like funny because it's relatable. Another thing I noticed is chemistry. That's huge mm-hmm. to me in a movie. Like, do I really believe these people are attracted to each other? Do I really believe that these people would fuck? <laughs> Like, do I <laughs> do I want them to be together? Do I like seeing them together? Right. Um, what else? What did you notice in the, the rom-coms you picked? I think the ones I picked, I think for me personally, I picked all the things that they three have in common is that they had an element of conflict that in in the two characters who were in the romance that I had not seen before. Because I think that when it comes to watching I don't know, romantic or just movies in general. I watch a lot of Disney movies where it's like, there's no conflict. Like they just have to meet and fall in love. And then that's Mm -hmm. it. And like 500 days of summer, there was clearly like some type of conflict that it's like, why aren't they, why can't they be together? I want them to be together. Why can't that Mm -hmm. happen? Same thing kind of with Scott Pilgrim. And then there was other stuff in it. And then even with 17 again, just like, and I was much younger watching that, but it's like, oh, they hate each other. And then they like, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of evolves over time. So there's always some source of conflict that was, something that I had not Mm -hmm. seen in movies up until that point. What I see in your picks is that you're seemingly seemingly geared towards like a deeper relatable meaning in the movie. Mm, Like you highlighted in 17 again, communication literally fucked up their whole marriage because they didn't communicate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott Pilgrim in 500 Days of Summer, it's similar where it's like the main male characters are learning, you fucked up here. Like, Mm -hmm. you're the problem with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer. He's learning, bro, she was telling you the whole time that she was not fully into you or into this and you glazed right past that you weren't listening to her when she was talking to you you were ignoring all the signs you were just painting a picture of what you thought and what you wanted rather than paying attention to what was actually there mm-hmm. and then with scott pilgrim like by the end of it he has to learn like they all call him out look you cheated on both of us right you kept this high school girl around and then you were also pursuing ramona at the same time that's mm-hmm. not cool to either of them and then mm-hmm. you made them kind of you made the the high school girl end up hating Ramona because you weren't upfront with her about the fact that it was you who was the problem. You weren't mm-hmm. stolen. You were being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's by the end of it. I don't know if he we're supposed to believe he's redeemed himself, but it's mainly just that he's fake dead and he's learned like, yeah, I was shitty and I need to apologize to everybody for what I did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool. I think for me, what really gets me is just like, I don't, I don't think so deeply. I don't know if my movies that I picked have deep meanings. Just Right doesn't have a deep meaning. It's very fluffy. Mm. Um, something new is again about race and just kind of like throwing your list away. And honestly, it's not even just the racial, the cultural divide between the two main characters because he's white and she's black. It's about class as well because he was like, you know, more blue collar, worked with his hands, didn't make as oh, much as her. And okay. she was very much like, not only do I want a black man, I want a suit and tie, dude. Like you could tell she was the kind of woman who cared about money and status at some point. And by the end of it, she was able to throw that away. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess who was again, just about, I mean, that's another fluff movie. Like it's fake about race, but it's not really about race. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. they don't really delve that deep into like why race is an issue other than highlighting something that something new did, which is the white man being like, I feel like no matter what, I'm not going to say the right thing because I'm white. Like mm-hmm. no matter how down or like, understanding I try to be, I'm always going to get to a place where you're going to look at me crazy because I said something that didn't align because I'm ignorant and I'm white. And that's Mm -hmm. something to note. I don't know. But I think for me, when I watch a rom-com, I really just want to feel invested in their romance. Like I need to cling to the characters. I need to like the main character. If there's an obvious one main character, I need to like them. (laughs) And then I need to see the person they're supposed to be with. And I need to be like, yeah, I think it just right. Queen Latifah and Common are not a couple that you would think, oh, they should be a couple or, oh, they look good together. But their chemistry, even though it feels a little platonic, but also she's a vibe. So it's like you could see why. Like they had a lot of shit in common. And the movie does a good job of showing us that, that Mm -hmm. we both like jazz. We're both diehard basketball fanatics. This is, and I'm here for you, helping you get better. I think they earn that happy ending together because you just want to see her win really more than you want to see them together. You want to see her win. And they do have a lot of shit in common and fuck Paula Patton in that movie. And in something new, it's just that they're both hot. And they had so much sexual chemistry that I was like, if they don't get back in that bedroom right now, (laughs) fix this. You said it's on Amazon. Yeah, girl, we can have a watch party on Amazon. I think we can do, I looked at it today. There's an option. This is watch party. So you tell me when we can sit and watch together. I made my friend, my friend came over last night. I made her watch it with me. I was like, this is my like fourth time watching it, but (laughs) we're cutting, cutting it back on restart from the beginning. You need to watch this. Man, the chemistry is like, I'm like, I know that there was more there. And unfortunately the actor was married when they filmed it with like three kids which made me kind of wonder like how are you an actor with three kids and you're married and you're doing a movie like this because he was too in the role like (laughs) dang it was that wow (laughs) yes if i was his wife watching that i would have been like okay damn like we get it (laughs) why you didn't have to moan while you were doing the scene did they tell you to do that (laughs) because When I tell you that movie is honestly, I'm on a high. I think I, I'm so empathetic to things that I watch. That's why I'm so critical of shit that I watch. Cause I like, I absorb it and feel it when I watch it. Mm-hmm. That feeling their chemistry, th- chemistry through the screen made me feel like I had that in my life. It honestly made me go, that's what I want. And Yay. if I can't get that, I don't want anything. Like Nothing. I need to feel that magnetic en- energy and that magnetism. What is the word? Man- magnetic, just the magnetic yeah. feel of Mag- like, huh? I, I, when you're in the room, we make eye contact as soon as you're in the room or I'm in the room and like, oh, you have to see it. <laughs> but to take it back to you people, that's what I think that movie is missing. I think honestly could have easily been saved if they had maybe put more scenes with Jonah Hill and Lauren London kissing, touching, rubbing, thrown up against the wall outside the apartment because we can't wait till we get inside. Give us something that's like, okay, yeah, now I care about this couple and if their parents like each other because Mm -hmm. they are into each other. I can see the chemistry. People were saying that they were basically like, (laughs) it didn't even look like two best friends. It looked like a woman and her coworker (laughs) that she like... isn't really that into and doesn't like to be around that much oh my god and the thing is though like there was a scene like after they had like i guess slept over he slept over for the first time and he woke up and they were getting ready and it's like that's when they started to like fall for each other where it was like kind of cute it was something that was like okay this is kind of cute and being like oh like you love when i do this or something like that but then i didn't see anything else 
related to that. Nothing, none, nothing else yeah. came up. I was like, oh, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> kind of curious as to how many of these movies are written by men versus women. Mm. So I already said something new was written by a woman. Just right. 2010 film. Ugh, I have to go to the wiki page. <laughs> oh, written by a dude. Hey, okay, no. I'm wrong. <laughs> Men can write rom-coms. <laughs> Honestly, Queen Latifah is queen of rom-coms. Like, she's the only one, I think, with a solid track record. Yeah, like, um... Beauty is... Shop. Last Beauty Holiday. Shop, yeah. Just right. Bringing Down the House? Is that rom-com? I don't think that's a rom-com. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> just, she and Steve Martin don't get together. It's just a comedy. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just those three but those three were quite the run okay mm-hmm. last holiday is it makes everybody tear up like that lady thought she was gonna die oh yeah yeah i also cried at the ending of something new because it was so the soundtrack that's another thing the soundtrack was good like when they were having their sex scenes there's this song that played that was like so like smooth and like oh yeah this is baby making music i now have it saved on my spotify it's by van hunt and it's called seconds of pleasure oh when i tell you that song the way that guitar riff comes in or whatever it's like oh yeah yeah (laughs) this is this is this we're getting down to the nitty-gritty like this is already putting me in the mood the (laughs) nitty-gritty the nitty the nitty titty and then the ending song is family reunion by jill scott because it's showing how she's finally like willing to parade him around no matter what he looks like and they're being lovey-dovey and then it cuts to their wedding at the end and her whole it's just it made me cry because i was like her whole thing was being worried about disappointing her family and her friends and like people not supporting her relationship so to see that by the end of the movie, everybody really just wanted her to be happy. And they're like Aww. getting married in the backyard and everybody, they're taking a family picture and everybody's smiling. And it's such, I don't know what the set was like that day. I don't know. These people may be great actors and they all like hated each other, but it really felt like watching a family and watching a real couple. Like they were so cute together and everybody wow. was so cute and happy that I cried because again, the empathy was like, what if that's me one day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay this movie's getting buttered up i'm gonna try to yeah we should watch it because i'm just like i was looking at that she directed it who directed it Sanaa Lathan. no she didn't so Sanaa hamry is a different woman <laughs> they just have the same first name <laughs> oh, okay i thought she got she married also, she also directed <laughs> just right by the way oh i thought she had gotten married or something that was her maiden name. no Sanaa oh. is like notoriously unmarried <laughs> oh, okay never mind she was so be- she's still beautiful but like she had the 2000s on lock like yeah she, she has been fine like she was in so many i mean also maybe i should say she's queen of the rom-coms right is love and basketball a rom-com or just a rom oh yeah rom just a rom just a rom <laughs> oh yeah because this kind of like yeah is a uh, brown sugar a rom-com i haven't seen brown sugar i feel like i i don't think i've seen it either <laughs> let me see <laughs> it's her is and she- diggs Okay. Tate Diggs. I mean, that's And Queen Latifah's in it too. Is the best man a rom it's not a rom-com, is it? It's just a drama, I think. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I was looking at lists of rom-coms and stuff, and Best Man was there. Hey, well and clueless. <laughs> it was very clear to me, like as I was making this list, like I'm not including like any classic love stories like Love Jones or like Love and Basketball or any of that shit because I haven't seen Love Jones. Love and Basketball is not, it's not a rewatchable movie to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've only seen it once and I think it was like in pre-P, like Geometry or something. I liked it a lot as a teen and then I watched it as an adult and I was like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> I hate Oh yeah, it's like, wh- this, this. Wh- why this ultimatum? Like, no, he's a fucking asshole throughout the movie to her. There's yeah. never a time where he is like good to her ever. Mm. So sad to see her say like, let me play you for your heart. <laughs> like her character goes through it and he's just an asshole who's so self-centered the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what's so funny when I was thinking, cause you had asked me about this. I was like, oh yeah, Coach Carter. Like that's going to be on my list. And I was like, it's no, not I'm a thinking about, honey. no, it's not. And I was thinking of love and basketball. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even coach focused. How could you get that confused? Coach no, Carter is about the coach. I was like, oh yeah, I'm about Coach yeah. Carter. 
I will say other other rom-coms that I feel like I can give a nod to real quick are like Hmm. The Ugly Truth. I don't know if I would still like that today, Mm -hmm. but I I would say that the first time I saw that, I was surprised that I liked it, Mm -hmm. even though it is like a, ew, this asshole prick dude is like telling this stuck up white lady how to get a man mm-hmm. <laughs> but then like she does his like it, she takes his advice and it works <laughs> but then she like realizes by the end of it oh but the guy that i was trying to get like he's a dud he's so boring like i have him now and i don't want him i want the the asshole prick who taught me how to be a pick me like that's what i want oh my, God. <laughs> my friend tried to get me to watch she's out of my league <laughs> last night have you heard of or seen that one i have seen it with jay brushua no 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 girl <laughs> I'm so sorry. Rest, I mean, I, I no disrespect. Baruchel. Yes. Baruchel. Because <laughs> uh, she brought it up and I was like, oh, that's the movie where there's literally no reason for them to be together ever. No. It makes no sense. And she's like, no, no, no. He like was a good guy. And like he won her over. And like, I was like, no, literally the movie is just about how this random blonde woman is just into him. Yeah. And so we watched it. Cause she was like, no, I think there's like a reason. There is no reason. Mm, no, she just like he, even worse. She like works at an art gallery. Like she is a party event planner. Mm-hmm. making tons of money she's not they keep talking about her like oh she's hot she's so fucking hot dude like how did you get her how did you get her to be interested in you dude she's so fucking hot and she's just like tiny and blonde like mm-hmm. she's pretty like in a standard way but not, not like oh my god she's hot but you know it's white people so yeah she's hot i guess right and he is just this scrawny like no offense but jay Baruchel has like a face that is not unlike kind of like a rat <laughs> or like you know what i know you know like he just has like this scrunched up face mr ratburn yeah <laughs> 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 see i was i didn't mean to be mean but you i don't how did you get on mr ratburn she said oh no i know exactly the rat it's like he looks like Mr. Rapper, but he does. <laughs> he in the movie is a TSA agent. Yeah. I and all he does is help her find her missing phone. And she's like, oh, thank you. Like, um, you should come to this hockey game with like, bring a friend. So he comes and then he finds out while he's there by, from her friend. Her friend is like, dude, do you know that you're on a double date with me and her right now? Like, he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, dude, she's totally into you. And he's like, why? And I was like, yeah, why? I know. (laughs) And the whole thing, her whole point is just, you know, I've tried dating like hot, like rich guys who are like doing well. And like, they're just so mean. So I'm going to date a nice guy. And I was like, oh, okay. This movie was written by an incel. Absolutely. I get it. I Absolutely. Who works at TSA? Come on now. He works at TSA. They have dinner. She goes, oh, yeah, you know, I worked at a law firm and, you know, I just like, oh, I ended up planning the Christmas party and I loved it so much. I opened my own business and I, I do that now. I'm an event planner. What about you? He's like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I graduated from high school and my dad spent my college fund on getting a pool. So my homeboy hooked me up with a job at TSA and been there ever since. And she just goes, oh, ha, 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 that's so cool. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> I would have just <laughs> levitated out of there. I paused the movie and I said, do you see that she's smiling? <laughs> Why is she smiling at the... <laughs> this is beyond unrealistic. This is a fantasy. And I didn't know we were watching Lord of the Rings right now. Thank you. Like, what the fuck am I watching? There is no way. You can be nice and have a good job. You can be mm-hmm. nice and have gone to college. You can be nice and at least better... You know, like his, I don't think Jay Baruchel is an ugly guy. I think he can be kind of cute sometimes. Oh, yeah. He's got his life. But the point of the movie is that he is like kind of a loser. Like he can't dress. He has horrible Mm -hmm. posture. He's like awkward and very passive. And so for the movie to be like, oh, he's a nice guy. And that's why he deserves this girl. And, you know, of course, we didn't make it that far, but I've seen it before. And I know Mm -hmm. that by the end, they end up together. And it's like, in what multiverse like what are you talking about written by an incel horrible horrible rom-com yeah. uh, can you think of any rom-coms you want to uh Ooh, <laughs> drag I mean, or uplift in this moment think like a man that's what i was gonna <gasps> think about think like a man you know what's sad though uh, i liked it the first time i saw me it. me too you know and i saw it at ut because ut had like this like 
fake Netflix, something that was only on their server and the movies would be available 48 hours or whatever. And think like a man there and was there. And I watched it one night and I was like, this movie's this movie's great. This is a masterpiece. I loved it. Oh, golly. I don't yeah. even it was trying to do what. Oh, OK. I now I have another one. A better movie than that to me. The last mm. time I saw it, at least was he's just not that into you. Oh, it's another kind of vignetted rom-com about different couples. And I don't remember. I don't know if it stands the test of time because I haven't seen it in like maybe 10 years. <laughs> but like I remember seeing it. I read the book even. That's how much I thought the movie was good. The book has oh. good tips. I will say like some people do need to like have a wake up call of like, don't give these people the benefit of the doubt. If he's not yeah. doing this, it's because he just doesn't want to or whatever, right. which we've now like kind of dumbed down to if he wanted to, he would, or if he wants to, he will or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I honestly highly recommend he's just not that into you if you want like a solid book of just tips on mm. how to spot bullshit and maybe walk away. Yeah, that's <laughs> sooner, basically it. Sooner than later, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like a man kind of reminded me of that, except it's more focused on a specific friend group of couples. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how I think all the guys know each other. Do all the women know each other? Maybe. All I, what is this? What are the couples? One of them is like a single mom and a dude. Oh, I, all I remember really is Megan Good's character because her character oh, was man. like, I'm going to not have sex for 30 days with this guy or like 90 days. It was not, 90 days. It was honey. 90 days. Yeah. 90 days. Yeah. Child. And the tip that the it's all surrounding the Steve Harvey book. Yeah. Yeah. Like a man. So the tip that she got from the book was wear some old granny panties with holes in them so that if you get tempted to take your pants off, you'll remember what underwear you have on and not do it. Right. (laughs) That scene was funny. He starts getting in her pants and she's like, you can see her granny panties. (laughs) She screams and like runs out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) It's all like fucking patriarchal bullshit. Like women, it's up to you. It's on your, it's on, it's your responsibility to figure out how to weed out men who don't like you, who will lie to you and use you because all men do it. So it's Mm -hmm. up to you to like test them and play these games and make them wait for things that you actually really want to do because that's how you get a man because you do the work. Um, It kind of made me think of, I think the two rom-coms, remember when no strings attached and friends with benefits came out like in the same year yeah yeah that was weird what who how did these studios not know i don't know and one and was they were literally than the, the same other. story right you thought one was better i haven't seen um the other one with Eston kutcher i've only seen the mila kunis one Yes. So quickly to compare, the Mila Kunis one is her and Justin Timberlake. And it's literally just she was like a recruiter for him. That's how they met. They become best friends because he does take the job and move to her city. They're good friends. They're unlucky in love. They're like, wow, love is so complicated. What if we just want to fuck and just like have fun and like all the bullshit should go away. So they like swear on like an iPad Bible. And this was huge because iPads were new at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they like swear on an iPad Bible that they're just going to have sex and be friends and not get complicated. And then what do you know? It gets complicated because they like mm-hmm. each other. So mm-hmm. anyways, long story short, that's it. No Strings Attached is Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. And it's about how instead of being friends, they're it's the same thing, except they're not friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's literally just the same movie, except they are not worried about talking too much and getting to know each other. It's literally, I don't even remember how they met because I saw it like a decade ago as well. It's just about how, yeah, we both want to have sex and not be complicated. Let's do that. So they start meeting up all over the place, like paging each other basically to have sex. And what do you know? They fall in love. Mm. (laughs) Those movies were... Just not good for a whole generation. I mean, this has been happening since the beginning of time, but just creating this idea of like, you can move from that relationship very easily into another type of relationship if that's what you truly want. Like if you truly want a real relationship, but you settle for just a friends with benefits, thinking it'll transition there. These movies almost make it seem like it's like a lot easier than it can be. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. Avoid at all costs. Yeah, bring back more rom-coms where the person does not end up with their love interest. They end up with nothing. (laughs) <laughs> but they, <laughs> they end up with like a lesson learned, right? Like, mm. oh, I was being delusional. Like in my best friend's wedding, which is Julia Roberts and fine ass Dermot Mulroney. He he used to be fine as fuck. 
anyways <laughs> he's older now that's why i don't think he's as fine but <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um in that movie it's just about how she's been best friends with this dude for like a decade and always been in love with him but like never did anything about it and right when she, he's about to be back in town and she's ready to tell him he's like oh hey i'm engaged to cameron diaz so haha like I want you to be right by my side as I marry some other bitch. And (laughs) it's just her like kind of, anyway, she ends up telling him how she feels. And he at first is like intrigued, but then he chases after Cameron Diaz instead. And Mm. the line that sticks out to me is when her, her guy friend tells her like, girl, look at you. You are literally running after him and he is running after Cameron Diaz. Nobody is chasing you right now. Like, take the hint. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, we need more of this. Yeah. (laughs) More lessons like this. (laughs) Lessons learned. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Yeah. 500 days of summer almost accomplishes that except for at the end, he meets a new girl and we're supposed to believe that it's a new chapter of love. And it's like, no, Mm. No, let him be alone for a little bit longer. Like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you see how amazing his life became when he was focused on mm-hmm. himself, you know? Yeah, he like actually that. was like, and the funny thing is movies like that, where it's literally like, oh, I could have always done this. I was just too busy being self-loathing and like mm-hmm. lazy. Like he could have applied to be an architect for architect jobs, like a lot, like plenty of times over the years. I guess he just didn't get a job right away and then settled for another job and just gave up on that dream. And mm-hmm. she inspired him to like look within and fix himself or whatever. I think 50-50 is another good rom-com. Oh, that's true. That is is a it a rom-com? Yeah, maybe yeah, a rom-com. It- Rom, the focus rom. is the focus is not him. I mean, I, I guess it's still a rom-com if the focus isn't really you falling in love. You just, as a byproduct of your situation, end up falling in love or kind of. Actually, no, I don't think it's a rom-com because really? the end of the movie is him asking her like out on a date, right? Oh, I guess so. And that was like his psychologist or something or his doctor? Yeah, which is like, yeah, she was a student. She was training to be a therapist and... She's the only one who's basically really there for him while he's going through cancer. And oh, by yeah. the end of it, when she's no longer his therapist, I guess they start to date. But it's not to me, it's not a rom-com if it's like you weren't together in the movie. It's, the ending result is maybe you're together, maybe not. Mm. There's got to be a solid kiss within the movie for to me for it to be a rom-com. A rom-com? Okay, that's fair. That's fair, I can see this. So that means High School Musical is not a rom-com. You got to give up this Disney, <laughs> this Disney kick. High School Musical is not a rom-com. It's just a farce. I don't know what the fuck that was. Just a bunch of singing and kicking and keep your head no. in the game. Keep don't be afraid to shoot the outside J. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid life, life advice. Don't be afraid to shoot the outside jump shot. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to take it into the paint. You That's can... true. You can go. <laughs> As if I know how to play this sport. I can't think of any more rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, that, those are like the main ones. Unless, yeah. And then there's like, you know, the dinky ones. Because I know, I, I noticed. Think of any. I mean, we, I noticed we didn't talk about the, like the Titanic, the Nope. That's not a rom-com. The those Titanic? are dramas. Those aren't funny. Oh, you're right. Oh my God. Oh you my God. You forgot that the comment comedy. comedy. You said the Notebook is a rom-com. <laughs> you're wild. You're wild for that. The Notebook is a rom-com. Isn't it hilarious how this lady got dementia and doesn't remember how she met her husband? Oh, that's so true. (laughs) We were laughing at some point, I felt. But I guess... (laughs) Rom-coms typically include, like, of course, like, to me, kiss. Strong kiss. Show us a point of connection. There's got to be some sort of misunderstanding, a point where y'all break up and go, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be together. And then you come yeah. together at the end, like, oh, babe, I was just playing. Like, it was. it's always <laughs> been you or whatever. It's always been you. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be a quirky sidekick, a quirky, funny friend who's like, is really funny and like just saying things usually i feel like laurel is like really good at being that quirky sidekick friend i don't know any rom-coms he's been in because i'm not too familiar with his work he's but i actually i see him in shit and it's random as fuck he was in the the bird box movie that was random as fuck he was in this movie i saw last year called i love my dad random as fuck (laughs) he was in the movie Deep Water, random as fuck. Like they, he literally just gets billed as like funny black friend. <laughs> I think he was in the Space Jam, just randomly, right? Wasn't he one of the commentators when they finally? Oh had yeah, he literally played himself as a commentator. Yeah, because he's always you can. He gives a solid 
performance of the yeah. same caliber each time. He's just funny. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a good and a nice dude. dosage, not like Kevin Hart. That's just like <laughs> it's like a very nice, clean dosage. Of you know what? If I had to compare him to anybody, I feel like he is like 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 he is what you know the chaotic good in the neutral. Yeah, he is like neutral Hannibal Burris. I see. I see that. <laughs> Yeah, like, I I thought honestly I would see Hannibal Burris on my TV or on my I big screen too. a lot more. There and was a I moment. haven't seen him. Yeah, he got like locks now. What? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I know he has hair. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't see that coming. I yeah. when he got his glasses off when he got LASIK, I was blown. <laughs> uh, yeah. I saw. I think I still follow yeah. on Instagram sometimes. Yeah, he got locks or just yeah. like little, you know, little bdbs Wild. He's probably just the kind of guy who's like, I don't like Hollywood bullshit and I don't like protect because I mean Lil Rel looks like he plays the game. Like, oh, you want me to like coon it up? Do it. <laughs> you want me to pretend to be best friends with this white guy that I would never be friends with in real life? And like my lines don't make any sense in regards to the plot of the movie. Sure. I'll sure. be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was in Get Out. That was his big break, I think. Yes. yes. And ever since they've had him play the same exact character in everything else. <laughs> Yeah. You know what you didn't get out? Do that. Do that for this movie. <laughs> and just keep it like that. Oh my bad. Just he doesn't have blocks. I'm so sorry. He has twists. Oh my God. You know what? Actually, I just remembered. You know what? It's because fuck J Lo. That's why. That's why I didn't remember it. Oh. Made in Manhattan used to be my movie. Oh yeah. That's a rom com for your ass. Made in Manhattan about a maid who tries on this rich lady's clothes and then walks out in her clothes and ends up dating Lord Voldemort. Because <laughs> Ray finds it's Lord Voldemort. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then, I mean, because it breaks my heart every time at the end where, like, they expose her. Like, the lady is finally like, this is a bitch who's a maid who's been stealing my clothes. And he's like, mm-hmm. you're a maid? And she just, like, looks at him helplessly like, oh, my heart broke. Because can you imagine uh, the humiliation of, like, oh this gosh. rich man not knowing you're a maid the whole time? I know. I would just, i just leave and just not come yeah. back. <laughs> man, the way I would just quietly collect my things and I'm say, just... you can bill me for the clothes. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd say that. But I, would just like- <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're about to get sued or arrested for stealing. Oh, true. You're wearing this lady's clothes. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It had Tyler Posey as a child. Oh, really? Oh, he must be yeah. so cute, I'm sure. He was adorable. Lovely. Um, cool. That's all I got. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, deep thinks for the week? any things to think about um let's see honestly take things in stride i think sometimes for me personally and i can only speak for myself if i got a lot of things going on it's easy to get caught up on like one setback or one bad thing and be like how could this happen to me i'm this but it's like you know what life is very funny i think sometimes these things happen to you that are like little setbacks or hiccups and they're just like really funny moments and just be like, you know what? Life's funny. I'm just going to see it like that and just keep it pushing. So that would be my deep thing. Nice. That's very neurotypical of you. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like with all the shit that's been happening, I was like, I gotta have to laugh at something. Yeah. Sometimes you do have to dumb it down. Like, just don't take too, like some things you have to learn to like laugh off and be like, this would happen to me. Mm -hmm. Isn't this funny? Like I found out I owe $800 in taxes and I just got to be like, girl i guess i know it's like okay well i might as well yeah put it on my payment plan because right i'll pay it off put it do y'all do uh fucking affirm do y'all do oh my gosh uh, y'all do klarna Klarna (laughs) (laughs) that's some next level poverty wouldn't that be so funny if they're like we've partnered with afterpay and literally it's like, damn, this country's gone to shit. Dang. I wouldn't even be shocked. I'd be like, of course they fucking of course, did. <laughs> of course they did. Why not? I'm going to use it. <laughs> my deep think is, I, I thought about this a little bit this week, and it might sound a little bit dark, but if you're on my type of, you know, time, you'll understand where I'm going with this. We have to normalize the fact that, like, life sucks sometimes. Like, it's a trip that we're here. A lot of things that we're doing as humans that we've, 
over time developed as we've like, you know, complicated the earth and built these institutions and now everybody has to work and rent goes up and you have to buy land and pay taxes on the land that you buy Mm -hmm. and the bank can always take it away from you if you don't pay your taxes. So you really don't even own it, do you? You know, all of this shit that has been manufactured and made that keeps us like enslaved (laughs) and like, like you cannot not earn money. Even people who are like wealthy, like it has to be generated from something. Right. For the most part. And I think it's okay to be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't like being here. (laughs) This is Mm -hmm. awful. Like I have to keep going. I think when we don't let that be a thought in people's heads and we make it to be like, what are you talking about? Everybody works. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're weird because you're like depressed about life. Oh, you're weird because like you don't like being here. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. it's pretty normal to actually like if you really let it sink in what you didn't even sign up for and what you just have to do in life right. to serve not only survive like if you want to thrive like most of us do when i listen to people talk and they're literally like yeah i already make like six figures doing this but i also have a side hustle i'm always trying to find new ways to generate income you know you, you always got to try to find a passive way to get income i i do this i do that i i invest i'm already like it blows my mind And I've learned to stop putting pressure on myself to try to be better at a game that I didn't sign up to play. Mm -hmm. Like I used to literally be like, I'm such an idiot. Like people who invest, people who already know how to make more money, who already know how to like people who even in college, like we're already getting internships in New York City. And I was like, we can do that. Like what? what? that wasn't that wasn't at the fucking um, expo we had where we were told (laughs) these companies to intern out. Like I didn't know we could just apply anywhere like right i think things like that that used to really upset me like oh i'm not good at this i don't know what i'm doing and it seems like every some people just have the keys like they know more now i'm kind of like girl i don't even want to do the shit that i'm doing right now mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> i don't enjoy working a nine to five i do it because i have to so to tell me like oh you should try to find another way to work it's like girl, I don't even want to do the shit I'm doing now. I refuse. I'm not going to do more than I I actively enjoy or have to do. Like I'm at that threshold Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to punish myself because it can be hard for me to push myself to do Mm -hmm. more. But I think there's just a lot of different games that you have to play in life. Like it's the the capitalism game. It's the, the, what do you call it? Attractability, attractiveness game. Mm -hmm. Like, do I look, do I, am I presenting myself in a way that's going to get me somewhere that's going to like make me a better player in this game? Because I'm looking around and it feels like everybody's doing really well and I'm like not caught up or whatever, however Mm -hmm. other people may feel. So with all of that, just to summarize again, I say, if you ever have times where you're like, oh, I'm so exhausted of this game and I did not sign up to play this game, it feels very unfair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's normal shit. We just got to normalize being like, oh, I didn't ask to be here. I'm just mm-hmm. like playing the game. I'm doing my best. This is what I have the capacity for. And I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's even like a dimension of what we talked about right at the beginning where it's like, you know, you should you sh- you should do what is within like your capacity and being okay with that. And if it's not within your capacity, like if it's in your capacity, like, oh yeah, I want to be able to, you know, take care of my body more and work out stuff. Cause I know that's something that I can do and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to do it because I know that's where I can go. Yeah, that's great. And if that's something for some people who are like me and going to the gym or whatever, like that's just not for me for whatever reason, this, that, and the third, it's like, and you're still okay with that's where you're at right now. And it's not like jeopardizing your health because I would never advocate not to jeopardize your health. Then I think that that's fine too. Cause I think that uh, like a, a different dimension of that is like, for my experience, I see people who are like in a- academia who are sending emails at like three o'clock in the morning and are con- constantly working. Yeah, they're super productive, but it's like at what cost? And I'm not necessarily going to feel bad. I used to, but I'm not going to feel bad for like not working on the weekends or maybe working a little bit on the weekends, but not as much as other people might have expected me mm-hmm. because we're in the same area. And it's like, oh, but you like, I need you to get, this needs to be get done. Did you, no one would say, did you work on the weekends? But the assumption is there's like, no, I didn't. Because mm-hmm. if I turn into a shell of myself, are you guys going to be there to pick up the pieces? Are you guys going to be there to pay, to like pick my, whatever y'all won't be there. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. And you know, so take care of yourself first and foremost, do what you can. And then like, if you can always achieve greater, you can always be be better. And if that's where you want, it's available to you. I think that option is always there. I think I don't want people to lose sight of the fact that you can always be better, especially if you see that for yourself. But comparison is the thief of joy. And if it's for the sake of comparison, then it's not worth it. For sure. I honestly think like my focus really is just looking at that depressive 
dark idea of I didn't ask to be here and turning it and owning it and being like, I have to find out what makes me feel good about being here. Mm -hmm. What are things that I like can engage in and pursue or pursue that will like make me feel good about like my time here on earth? Like it's Mm -hmm. not completely against me, you know? And I think when people lose that, they don't have one. That's when it's like, oh, I'm not only do I not want to be here. Now I'm sitting in the fact that I don't want to be here. And it gets very dark for you. Mm -hmm. I think like just in general categories, I think finding love, whether that's like a deep romantic love or just like a familial love or a romantic Mm -hmm. love, like people who are like, oh, I'm living for my kids, people who fall in love and they're like, some may call it codependent, but they're very much, I think a lot of us, when we feel that strongly about someone, it gives you a new lease on life. Like you literally Mm -hmm. feel better about waking up each day. And Mm -hmm. some people feel that way about their kids. Some people feel that way about their friends. Mm -hmm. I think another one is traveling the world, experiencing new things and just seeing the wonders. And that's something that a lot of us can't afford to do. So unfortunately, like that's one that a lot of people miss out on. And that's one that I'm trying to get in touch with. Another Mm -hmm. thing is, I think when you're good at something that you feel like gives you a reward yeah like something where you're like i'm really good at like playing the guitar or i'm really good at doing stand-up comedy people laugh anytime i'm on stage i'm good at improv i'm really good at my job what mm-hmm. i do at my job whether it's a hospital or it is like a tech company when i do this shit i see in people's faces how helpful it is and being right. good at something that is a, that i can see the reward in that gives me the strength to keep going through every day and deal with the bullshit of life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really about focusing on which of those things you have any chance of control over and trying to work on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if your thing, like if your thing is love and that you suffer a breakup and now that's not your thing anymore, you got to shift. You got to learn how to pivot to another category and be like, okay, well, let me find something I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm learning how to do this. I'm getting better. I feel good because I see that I'm getting better at something I care about. Or maybe you find out you're not the best in something like this. Maybe pivot to something else. You know, like just constantly going between, I feel like those categories, maybe there's another one I'm not thinking of, um, but going between those categories that remind you of the good things about being here and the value in being alive, pivoting when one of those lights goes out. Thank you all for joining us in this episode as we talked about things. And we will see you, you will hear us in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. You are listening to a Young Hag production.